You're tuned in to East Tennessee's premier sports radio call-in show. This is The Drive. afternoon and welcome to another stellar edition of the drive here on fan run radio russell smith punching the time clock on a beautiful monday afternoon a windy monday as uh, i broadcast live today from the stately smith manor home studios gentlemen i have a uh, pest control situation developing here at home and uh, might have to step away to tend to that Briefly, always an adventure. Ah, the joy. Buy a home, they said. Buy a house. It'll be fun, they said. It'll be good for you, they said. It's an investment, they said. Yeah, it's an investment. Yeah, that part of it, right? I don't know what kind of return I'm getting on that investment. But anyway, we welcome you in. Bear and Marcus back in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. Bear, good afternoon. How are you, sir? Uh, Not doing too bad. Not too bad at all. Pretty happy this afternoon, Russ. Well, with the news and, and whatnot just dropping. The news just dropping indeed. Bear, this is so like right on cue for me right mm-hmm. now. Um, my phone is, is just like decided not to work. Like it's been working fine. Been pulled up stories ready to go. I'm at home, so I have to rely on my phone to bring you the stories today to read from stuff. And, and my phone is just like, nope, not working anymore piece of crap apple i hate you i hope i you i I despise you with the passion of a million burning suns so basically i have to do this off the top of my head i apologize but uh technology you know it allows me to do the show from home won't allow me to tell you exactly what tennessee's quote was today when it comes to tony vitello but the long and short of it at bear is the band is back they are back together tony vitello's suspension uh is over Maui Ahuna's suspension is over. They won't call it a suspension, but let's call, let's face you know what it was. He missed uh, eight games. It's an eight-game suspension. This you know the NCAA won't say that, but he missed eight games of his of his season, which really sucks. But let's put it in the rearview mirror, Bear. Full steam ahead. Mm-hmm. Tony V is back. Maui is free, and the haters in the SEC Mean Girls Club. Tim Corbin, Van Horn, Sully, Butch Thompson, Scott Strickland, all of them. They're sick, absolutely sick today, Bear, that they couldn't put the knife in the back quick enough for Tony Vitello. He gets up off the mat, and now and now the revenge tour for 2023 starts and... The SEC Mean Girls Club, they're going to feel it, Bear. They're going to feel it. A Lannister always pays its debts, and a Vitello never forgets. I mean, I mean, should they pump in the, uh, what's that? What's that song from the Red Wedding? 
and Corbin the and the Vandy of Castermere will be falling down upon the SEC Mean Girls Clubs. V is for Vitello. It's also for Vendetta. If I could play into Vengeance. the Italian angle a little bit here this afternoon, and there's a Vendetta right now against the rest of the SEC. I hope they're ready. I hope they're ready for it, Bear, because it looks like our bats are waking up, and we're adding another one tomorrow in Maui Wowie, and there is a Bill Dew from the SEC Mean Girls Club. I agree 100%, Russ. I hope we just go out and just demolish people. Just go out about our business. Very workmanlike. No hooting, no hollering. Just crush everybody. I love these guys. I love these old baseball guys. These old, oh, we do it the right way. We we, we produce young men. We, we're about developing the blah, blah, blah. I love these guys. These hypocritical, sanctimonious blowhards who they, they see a a new young guy, elbow his way to the front of the line. Maybe he didn't pay their, his dues the way they thought he ought to. And he's taking a program that didn't really care about baseball much just a few short years ago and has jumped to the front of the line. And they don't like it. They don't like it one bit. And so they, they turn snitch. They turn snitches get stitches though, Bear. It's what they say. And those who yeah. live in glass houses should not throw rocks. Yeah, I'm I'm looking straight at Tim Corbin, Mr. Full Scholarship guy. He's had an advantage for years and years and years, and now it's gone away. I just I can't stand him, man. I'm spending way too much time. Hate thinking on Tim Corbin and all the bad things I want to have happen to him. Official announcement from Tennessee moments ago. Quote, we are pleased to announce that Coach Vitello has completed his three-game suspension. He will be back in the dugout leading our baseball team tomorrow. We are also thrilled that Maui Ahuna's eligibility has been reinstated and he is available to join Tennessee's active roster effective immediately. They're back. Now, I I do have I do have some questions moving forward and I I don't know if we can get what kind of answers we can get. I'm sure Tony will be speaking I guess after the ball game tomorrow against Charleston Southern. But uh my my question bear is is this it? The end of this particular episode, you know, we, we talked about this Friday. And we know that Tennessee met with the NCAA on this. Tony Vitello met with the NCAA on this matter several times. And as we've talked about in other NCAA cases through the years, once you get in front of the NCAA, even though they don't have subpoena power, it is kind of like being on the stand in a, in a case, right? Where they can ask you anything about anything. Well, yeah. So my, oh. yeah. Yeah. My question is like, is, is this over or is the NCAA still looking not just at the Maui Yahuna thing, but maybe at something else 
And as Trey Wallace, who broke the story open on Friday, just tweeted moments ago, it should be noted that the school is not punishing Vitello further, but the NCAA still has an open investigation into alleged recruiting infractions. This also comes on the heels. I'm not sure if it was enacted or not, but remember, it's like a week or two ago, there was that odd story about how they were kind of changing the rules and that basically just accusations were going to be taken as fact. And it was going to be on, you know, hypothetically, Coach A has been accused of something. It, the onus is on him to prove that he's innocent, not that he's – rather than the NCAA being able to, you know, actually provide proof other than what sounded to me like uh, dangerous speculation and baseless innuendos, Russ. Well, if that's the case – if that's the case, I would like to uh, formerly accuse Tim Corbin of uh, using cash inducements and um, NIL as cash inducements to recruit his entire roster. I mean, if we, if anybody under the sun can level it, can levy a complaint to which that coach has to answer for uh, to the NCAA, then if, if those are the idiotic rules that we're playing by, let's just throw something out there. Let's just throw anything out there. Well, I mean that that's going to last as long as it takes. Uh, you know, a, you know, I don't know if it it would be us, but you know, a university is going to immediately take them to court on something like that. I don't, I don't see how that'll fly once you get in, in an actual court of law where things like the rules and you know the Constitution come into play. Yeah, the Constitution, that silly old thing. Well, I, you know, I mean, it's. Uh, is it over? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But obviously, Tony did something wrong. I mean, he committed a, a tampering violation, it certainly sounds like. Um, he needs to be more careful in the future. We talked about this at length Friday. I, I would tell him this, you know, like, d- dude, you don't have to do, you don't have to push the envelope quite as hard as you might have had to two years ago before your program blew up. But you're number three in the country right now. You don't have to. You don't have to work in the the darker part of the gray area. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, work in the lighter part of the gray area, Tony, because this program needs you. And when I say program, I mean the Tennessee baseball program. I also also mean this program, the Drive on Fan Run Radio. I was thinking about this on my way down here for the show today. It's like, man. I, I don't need this guy getting fired and not having much to talk about in J- June again. <laughs> June. I mean, once spring football was done, we were, it was like a wasteland until football started in August. So we need this guy hanging on. We need Danny white to help get this, get the NCAA off our damn backs. I mean, this is college baseball for crying out loud. This is college baseball. NCAA has failed to clean up football. Failed, as in it's over. It's a failure. It's done. There's nothing they can do at this point. They failed so badly that it has turned into the wild, wild west. And you might have little rules about, well, the recruiting calendar starts and ends here and we really don't want you to use NIL as a recruiting, but everybody's doing it. Nobody, 
cares about the rules anymore. There's no repercussions for the rules. Anymore. They've they've just thrown up their hands and said, y'all have at it. We can't do anything. NCAA football, it's damn free-for-all. Pretty much the same thing has happened to basketball. And, like, now you want to stick your head at what? Women's basketball? You're going to come after a couple of gals at Miami for making a few bucks on the side, and now you're going to come after Tony Vitello and his college baseball program? Get real, man. Get real. And as the kids say, get TFO. GTFO NCAA. You're a joke. You're a joke. Quit talking to Tony Vitello. Leave him alone. You want to, uh, you know, ensure a level playing field. Why don't you look into what Vanderbilt's been doing with their scholarship uh, situation in baseball for the last 20 years? You want to do something. Well, why you go give an IQ test to, to Nate Oates and make sure he meets the minimum requirements for being a head coach? No. You want to you look? So go look at Alabama. Tennessee. It's been a good day for the Vols. Tony, Vi, Tony Vitello is back. Maui Ahunia is back. Tennessee gets some hot four-star action in football recruiting. J.J. Harrell. Four-star wide receiver from Mississippi. You know, that one had to hurt the lane train. Mm -hmm. When the hype daddy strolls in and plucks out the best wide receiver out of the state. You know, that had to sting a little bit. What's the sting factor on that one, Mike Farrell? There's no way Lane likes that at all, Russ. North Panola High School football factory up there in Sardis, Mississippi. They love their football up there. J.J. Harrell chooses Tennessee over, listen to this, Alabama, LSU, Ole Miss, and Auburn. I, I Can you blame him? No. I mean, honestly, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to be cute or funny. I mean – He's going to go – he wants to come play in the most dynamic offense in the country. Gives him the best shot at showcasing his skills and getting him on to the next level. Gives the Vols their fifth commitment for the 2024 class and their first from a projected wide receiver. This wide receiver class could be sick. If they get the Wingo kid out of St. Louis to go with this kid, and there's a couple of other just – absolute freak shows that they are in on right now. This is what we talked about back in the fall when Tennessee was blowing up and we were 5-0, and 6-0, and whatever it got up to. And we got up to 7-0, and 8-0? What were we going into Georgia Bear? Uh, I thought 6-0. and Pretty sure. We had the three, then Florida. Pittsburgh. We were wondering where's the payoff in recruiting? Where's the why, why wasn't that class of 2023? Why weren't the four and five stars banging the door to try and get in on that class? And we, we're telling you on this show back in the day, it's like, well, slow down, everybody. Slow down. A lot of the hay is already in the barn. A lot of the best players are already committed. The, the recruiting calendar has been 
so accelerated that most of these guys are picking a school before their senior season. And it, it's going to be hard for Tennessee to go back and flip guys. And they liked a bunch of the guys they already had committed at the time. But the payoff for the great 2022 season we had was going to be felt in the 2024 recruiting class. I know it's hard for fans to wrap their minds around. Like the two-year difference there, I, I don't get it. But it's the way recruiting is. The juniors last year, the rising seniors, the J.J. Harrells, the Caleb Beasleys, the Edwin Spillmans, those guys, that's where you're going to see the impact in recruiting of what Tennessee did on the field last year. And you're starting to see that. You're starting to see that now. Going to be a sick wide receiver class. I read uh, some stuff where the Merklinger kid from down there in Georgia, another four-star quarterback, really likes Tennessee. They might actually sign this kid with Nico already on the roster. Pretty incredible. Interesting. But that that is the power of the brand right now for Tennessee. Let's get things rolling here. If you want to chime in, 865-546-8200. Your number to get on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. The band is getting back together with some new players. Tony's still singing lead. We got ourselves a couple of new guitarists, new drummer, new bass player, thinking about adding a keyboardist, maybe a string section, some backing vocalists. But the output is still the same. Singing the same great hits. Rick Butler. Rocky Top Insider, our guest, when we continue next, right here on The Drive. It's Fan Run Radio. Fan Run Radio, The Drive continues. Monday afternoon edition of the show, off and running here on Fan Run Radio. I'm Russell Smith, alongside Bear and Marcus Young. And we get things kicked off with a trip to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. we got our old pal Rick Butler standing by over at Rocky Top Insider. Good afternoon, Rick. How are you, sir? Hello. Good afternoon, Russell, Marcus, Bear. Hope everyone's doing good over there. Sorry if I get a little bit of feedback along the way. We're at campus right now. We're watching a little bit of basketball practice with the Tennessee team. So hopefully that doesn't cause too much of a bother. But plenty of things to talk about today, huh? Well, no, yeah, there's a lot going on, man. Just uh, another <laughs> dull afternoon on Rocky Top as right. Rick Butler is, is here, ladies and gentlemen. And Rick, let's start with the big news today. Uh, Tony Vitello, the suspension is lifted, a three-game suspension. Maui Ahuna is eligible for Tennessee. And uh, the baseball falls finally after what a weird start to the season. You know, the, the sus- suspension of Maui, they won't call it a suspension, but I mean, what do you call it when a guy misses the first eight games and he's perfectly healthy? Um, sure. The Vitello news last week, the suspension. Um, do, do you think that it's safe to say that they put this in the rearview mirror at this point? Do you feel like there could be any lingering repercussions of, of what we've come to know the past couple of days here on Rocky Top? Sure. Well, Russell, I mean, I think that's a great question for starters. Is it is it safe to say? I don't know if anything is safe to say just with this whole process here in the beginning stages just because we don't know what's going on. I, I think it's hard to say whether this is going to help or not, but obviously we know that going back to Friday, 
when that news was announced, that's kind of the goal that Tennessee was hoping for, the goal of, of basically raising your hand and saying, hey, look, we understand that we did this wrong. We are taking responsibility. Tony Vitello has, has suspended himself. This is what we as the university are doing in order to kind of make up that ground that we know that the NCAA is looking at. Now, whether that's enough to uh, appease the NCAA, if you will, I don't know. I, I still necessarily – I wouldn't be necessarily surprised if something else were to still come down later. That's not really based on, you know, anything for certain, but just kind of knowing how the NCAA works, knowing how some of this stuff can linger on a little bit, like you were referring to a second ago. So I, I don't know if this is perfectly enough to appease the NCAA. I think that it could be. But I think going back to your original question, man, it's just hard to say right now with the uncertainty that has been going on with this situation. I mean, especially considering Maui, going back months and months and months to the beginning of this whole uh, saga. So whether it's safe to say, I don't know. But I do think that it's hard to say. We'll get an answer here soon. Now, if you're asking me, I do kind of lean to, hey, this might be it for Tony Vitello in Tennessee. But, again, I wouldn't be surprised if they did come back later on and say, hey, look, we would we we recognize that you did have that suspension during the Dayton series, but we'd still like to come back around. We'd like to dish out our own punishment to whatever kind of extent that is. So right now, I think it's just hard to say moving forward. Yeah, and as our friend and colleague Trey Wallace of Outkick reported on uh, and, and and put out on Twitter just a few moments ago, there's still an NCAA inquiry going on sure. here. They're they're still looking at a few things, and man, uh, th- this just has. There are two. There are two basketball precedents I, I want to go to here because uh, the obvious one is Bruce Pearl, and you know Bruce Pearl was suspended by the SEC his final year for a bunch of games. He came back. It was a huge distraction. The team ended up flaming out. Had a terrible uh, loss in the first round of the SEC uh, NCAA tournament, and Bruce got fired. Um, now that's that's obviously that's where we don't want to see things head. Now the other side of it is Bill Self last year. Uh, got suspended by the NCAA for his role in the college basketball FBI scandal. Um, Whether that suspension came back, won the national championship. <laughs> now, that, that's how Tennessee fans want to see this thing go. Yeah. Where will it land? Will it be more Bruce, more self, somewhere in between? I don't know, but <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see, Rick. Does this, does this become a distraction for this team? Or can the boys kind of put it out of sight, out of mind, buckle down, and start winning some ball games? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a really great thing that you bring up there, right? When it comes to precedent, here I'll throw in another one that kind of has a lot to do with where Tennessee, excuse me, had a lot to do with how Tennessee, in my mind, a, approached this for Tony Bytel over the weekend. But you just go back to the football season, right? And you can see really when Tennessee's football department, they said, hey, look, we are going to work with the NCAA. We're not going to be working against them. But we're going to do whatever it takes to kind of figure this thing out and, and help and not be a hindrance along the process. Now, I think if you're talking to an optimist, they'll tell you that, hey, yes, Tennessee is doing what they need to be doing. They're working with the NCAA. They're owning responsibility. They're accepting that, you know, that, that fate that came by last weekend just in terms of the suspension. But I think if you're also talking to a pessimist, you're right. They might bring up some, some worse over situations that, that, you know, maybe have a little bit more – uh, to do with things that happened in the past or just, you know, they're going to come back and say, well, the NCAA is always watching and they're never really going to let you go out of the grasp once they got you down. So I, I think that's just an interesting kind of two sides of the same coin, whether you're talking to uh, somebody who, who is in favor uh, of kind of what's been happening or at least working within the rules and the confines 
versus somebody else who, who maybe is a little bit more of a pessimist and just saying, hey, look, we've seen this song and dance before. We know how the NCAA works. We know how they don't necessarily like to let go of things. We'll see how this continues in the future. But I, I do think that here in the beginning, what what is it, two weeks of the season or so far, I think that it has been somewhat of a distraction. I mean, how can it not be? I'm not saying that it's, it's hurt Tennessee in a, in a large extent, and obviously they just swept, uh, swept Dayton after sweeping their midweek series as well. So it's not like that's necessarily showing up on the win and loss column. But I do think that it's probably been a little bit of a distraction. You go the whole Friday through Sunday series against Dayton, without your head coach. And I do think that that plays a factor in as well, but I don't think that this is going to be something that lingers on it, you know, moving forward. As you talk to more and more people around the team, just people around the stadium, I think you do kind of get this sense of optimism though. You do kind of get the sense of, Hey, we realize that there's a couple of hiccups to get there at the beginning of the season. We would like to get all of our guys in the right spot. I mean, you look at this Tennessee baseball team. We've all seen it over the past two weeks. They're breaking in a lot of new pieces. I mean, I think, what is it? Eight new starters maybe something like that. So I think that everybody kind of understands that there's hiccups. There's a couple of bumps in the road right now. Maybe it has been a little bit of a distraction, but I don't see this being anything that kind of lingers forward into the year, lingers forward and becomes a a real negative distraction in that light as well. Rick Butler of Rocky Top Insider with us this afternoon. And Rick, you know, it's it's interesting that this Botello guy, he's, he's got, He's made some enemies in this sport already. Sure. You know, fans, opposing coaches, uh, apparently the players are trash-talking him in these games. He's talked about that on our show before. And um, I just find it interesting that it's kind of – it just feels like it's open season on this guy. And look, man, if, if, he, if he tampered, if he did something he shouldn't have done recruiting Maui Ahuna – to me, that's on him, and he has to bear those consequences. And it, and it feels like that's what happened uh, has happened today. But the the other thing is like it just feels like you've got these these other coaches right now that are turning him in for these allegations, and it just feels like it's it's open season on the guy right now. And it feels like they've they really got it out for him right now. We've we've seen other sports, you know, where coaches turn in. Uh, uh, other teams, you know, Fulmer infamously turned in Alabama way back in the day. That's before your time, Rick. But here, <laughs> but, you know, more recently, Jeremy Pruitt got turned in on some some charges by rival schools. It happens, you know. Bruce Pearl had his situations going all back, all the way back to the time of his being an assistant in Iowa and the Deion Thomas thing. But this Vitello thing seems like it's gone to another level where teams are just digging on him and and digging on him. And uh, it's got to be frustrating for him knowing that it, that he's got to watch his back, essentially, every time he re- recruits a baseball player. But that's kind of where we're at, I guess, in, in this sport right now in college baseball. You know, Rick, it's funny. College football, everybody knows uh, oh, the $100 handshakes, the SMU stuff. <laughs> it's been, yeah. uh, been that way for years, right? I've yeah. always said I thought college basketball – was much worse than college football when it comes to that kind of shady stuff. I'm beginning to think college baseball might have <laughs> baseball them all. Might, yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Baseball might be the top dog there in those rankings that you're giving out. Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, it's wild what the, we, we're learning about well, this this sport in college baseball and the rivalries and all the behind-the-scenes uh, 
he said, she said that goes in with it. But that's what makes it cool, I guess, Rick. It's it's kind of a, yeah. a soap opera. And I know as a pro wrestling fan, you love yourself a good male soap opera. Okay, well, actually, that was going to be my next point. So when you talk about all those things, right, kind of Tennessee baseball coming into the limelight, Tennessee baseball just being a, a force over the last couple of years out of nowhere, to me there's one word that comes to mind, and it's the word disruption. And if you talk to wrestling fans, and I know you guys aren't necessarily, but there's plenty around out there listening to the show, they will know that when a guy like Cody Rhodes, when he left the WWE, he became a disruptor in the sport. He disrupted the way that things were going on. I think you can look at Tony Vitello and obviously call him the same thing. He was a disruptor to not only SEC baseball, not only baseball in the volunteer space, but baseball in terms of college baseball in general. So I do think that you have a big disruption point with him think that's always going to ruffle feathers and, and kind of just create new animosity, create new rivalries, whether it's among players, whether it's amongst programs, coaches, or anything in between. I just think that area of disruption is what Tennessee brought into the league for, for better or worse moving forward. But, you know, you, you, you make that reference a second ago, just talking about Bruce Pearl. Doesn't it kind of feel like there's some similarities here in the, in the early portions of Tony Vitella's career versus the early portions of, of Bruce's career? Just, Guys who are absolutely beloved by the fan base. Guys who are who are uh, you know absolutely beloved by the city of Knoxville, but maybe flew a little bit too close to the sun there when they were doing really good. So at, at least that's just been a little bit of a you can go back and forth, but at least that's been a little bit of a comparison in my mind this last couple weeks or, or so. Just while all this has been uh, you know unfolding. Yeah, and I love that Rick that disruptor. That is. That's outstanding because that's exactly what Pearl was. It's exactly what Vitello was. Lane Kiffin is a disruptor. And uh, I'll put, you you, you know. You need them in sports. Yeah. uh, Well, and Josh Heupel is kind of disruptive in a way. Not, you know, so much personality wise. He's he's pretty um, milquetoast as far as that goes. But the way his offense has kind of just wrecked this league last year and the way that, you know, teams are have to fake injuries to combat it. And people are going to the rule, you know, trying to change the rules. Narduzzi <laughs> wants the, the clock to always run. And, uh, you can't snap the ball before 25 seconds on the clock and everything. It's, uh, Josh Heupel has been very disruptive on the field. People love a good disruptor, Rick Butler. Yeah, you're exactly right. And again, I, I like the way that you just broke that down, whether it's, off the field or on the field, I do think that you can have these guys who invade college sports. And, man, maybe even not on a professional level, because maybe when you look at a professional level, things are a little bit more buttoned up in certain cases, right? Or, or when, you're, when you're dealing with, let's say, Major League Baseball and you only have the 30 teams, one team is not necessarily just going to jump into the fold very, very quickly like that. You know, I, I guess there's a couple of things that can happen. But you really see in college sports just the ability to – to change courses so unbelievably quickly, like what you're talking about, whether it's Tony Vitello, whether it's Lane Kiffin, whether it's Josh Heupel, each being a disruptor for different reasons, I certainly think that can give you a little bit of bad blood. And, you know, we've seen we've seen rivalries commence. We've seen Tennessee and Arkansas on the baseball field. We've seen uh, Tennessee and South Carolina now in the last two years on the football field a little bit. So when you're, where you have disruptors, you are going to have change. And then that change is always just going to be – it's interesting to see how that gets evaluated or – process along the way if you will sometimes the disruptors have to get they're too disruptive that you gotta let them go you gotta move them out um you know bear has been a disruptive force to this show 
And uh, false, <laughs> categorically false. That's right. I'm, That's I'm right. thinking about moving him along, uh, Rick. I feel well. like it might have run its course. Well, you might have to throw some sanctions on Bear. Uh, I'm sure you throwing me off the show. Things that you could get him for, but uh, you might have to throw some violations, level one violations on him as well. I'm sure we could we could look back through years of, of documentation and evidence, find some good level one violations. Level one violations. I mean, the guy discharged a firearm inside the studio. I mean, that's. Yeah. I mean, you ever gonna not bring that up? No, uh, probably not. So, it's just uh, it's. It's, it's a thing. You're a disruptive presence on the show, Bear. What can I say? A full inquiry is being made. Rick Butler of Rocky Top Insider is live at Tennessee basketball practice right now. Rick, uh, what can you tell us about this basketball team as we head into the final week of the regular season? Well, a couple things. Uh, first and foremost, everybody wants to talk about injuries, right? We, we saw Josiah Jordan-James return to the court for Tennessee just a couple days ago, but at the same time, Julian Phillips was not able to come back, and Tyree Key was out with a little bit of a spontaneous right ankle injury. Now, the latest we know from Rick Barnes today is that Josiah Jordan-James continuing to go through practice with Tennessee. He looks good to go. Julian Phillips, he is limited in practice today. Tyree Key, he was not practicing today with Tennessee. So both Tyree Key and Julian Phillips are going to continue to be game-time decisions uh, for the Volunteers, but it looks like Josiah Jordan-James, He's going to be back in the lineup once again, just like he was in his last game against South Carolina. And, guys, to me, when you talk about this Tennessee basketball team over the final two games, I understand that the stats necessarily have not been super kind to Josiah Jordan-James. But, to me, there is no point where Tennessee is better without Josiah Jordan-James actively on the court. Uh, again, I know that you can point back to the stretch of time where before he got injured on that early February game against Vanderbilt where he was going one of seven from the floor two of eight from the floor. Really just some, some bad numbers overall, but I think that he is so important to this team, and I think that you could absolutely see during this tough stretch in February where they missed Josiah Jordan-James on the court. I think you saw his return, at least to me, I saw his, recur his return to the court on Saturday, whenever that was, as a major positive for Tennessee. Scoring 18 points was fantastic, but just what he was able to do on the defensive side of the court, on the offensive side of the ball, just being able to... to Man, I was about to say be a disruptor again. I guess that word is a little bit stuck in my head. But I, I just think that he makes this team so much better. That it's, it's fantastic for Tennessee to be able to get him back for these final two games. There are a lot of ups and downs that they're going to have to go through. They're still trying to find consistency. That's not necessarily something that you want to be talking about with the SEC tournament just about a week away or so. But I do think that they've got the right pieces, that they can make some moves happen. For Tennessee, though, to me, just about getting back from injury. It's about getting Tyree Key back. It's about getting Julian Phillips back. Getting Josiah Jordan James back for the last game was huge. So to me, that's kind of a big talking point right now around practice. Just who's available and who's not. All right, Rick. Last thing, we'll let you out of here. Just being around the team today at the facility as they get ready for Arkansas tomorrow night. Um, you know, it strikes me that this team is the, the the word culture gets thrown around a lot when you talk about Rick Barnes's program and guys are always working hard and it's just kind of a steady eddy approach and you, you had to wonder right lose four out of five like where is that team psyche at what's the vibe like around the program I'd imagine it's a lot better when you go out there and, and beat an SEC opponent by 40 in your home gym is that kind of the sense you get in just being around the coaches and players today that 
hey, they might, uh, if not getting this thing back on track, at least still have the potential we always thought this team had to be a really good team. Yeah, for sure. You know, obviously winning cures a lot of problems. And Tennessee definitely had problems in the month of February. But being able to get that win, get that dominating win over South Carolina, which let's let's be honest, South Carolina is not even a middle-of-the-pack SEC team. They're one that's on the lower end. But at the same time, Tennessee did exactly what they needed to do against a team like that. I think it would have been really disappointing, even if you get a win. But if they kind of just maybe snuck out a 10, an 11, a 12-point win, against a team that they are so much better than and had already beaten by over 40 points earlier in the season. So I do think that just being able to get that dominant, unbelievable 40-point victory against South Carolina, man, that gives you a little bit of pep in the step. That gives you, uh, you know, the juices are flowing a little bit more inside of your body when you can have that win just in the rearview mirror. To me, this was never a team that, that looked like they got too far down in the dumps or, or, you know, was quitting on the team, was quitting on anybody else. Obviously, they went through that tough stretch. I think you could still still tell that this was a veteran-run team, and that's what they're going to continue to needing to be as they get into tournament time, especially if they're still facing injury questions. Now, the only other thing about uh, what is it I, tomorrow night's game is that it also is senior night, a, a night where you do get to recognize those four Tennessee seniors. You're talking about Olivier Kamwa, Josiah Jordan James, Santiago Vespi, and Eros Plasic. Man, those four guys have been pillars in, in Tennessee basketball. Over the last couple of years, just uh, to me, their importance cannot be understated. So they should, I would assume that they get a big reception tomorrow night. But to go back to your original question, yes, I think that because of that veteran leadership, nobody got too far down to the dumps in the month of February. And they're really looking to turn that South Carolina just drumming into more continued success here in this final week. All right, Rick. Good stuff from Rick Butler, RTI. Anything else? that you feel like Fan Run Nation needs to be aware of before we send you on your merry way? Oh, man. Uh, no, not particularly. Um, you know, I did go to the last Saturday afternoon, or I guess last Sunday afternoon, not yesterday, but the week before that. I did go to the Tennessee lacrosse game. It was over at the intramural field right over by, you know, actually, I don't want to say, you know, uh, it's over by a place that we're all very familiar with um, right there off of, I don't know what that street is, but. Sutherland. Uh, that was super fun. Yeah, Sutherland. It's, it's there you go. Next to the house that Russell Smith built, 3300 Sutherland Avenue. Good God. Come on, man. <laughs> little respect okay, here. Okay, well, I know. Yes, the, the radio station is over there. The former home of the Blitz with Brandon Orr, Chance Collins, and myself, Rick Butler. What a great uh, time that what, was. But uh, Do I really? I really? Bear, can, can you educate our young friend here, he has no idea what I'm talking about. That's where Russell and the rest of the burnouts go to high school. All the rich parents in West Knoxville, that's where they send their idiot kids. West, 3300 oh, Sutherland Avenue. That's just, that's just right across the street from the Gus's Chicken over there. Yeah, just about. Yeah, yeah. An elite educational experience, mm-hmm. a true melting pot of cultures. And state champions. 2014 and 2022 put it in your pipe and smoke it bear you guys have got your your all's version of the nil up and running over there quite well oh oh, 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 that's that's real rich that's real rich coming from the butch bowl what are you talking about just go ahead and those are young men that those are young men that just need a just are looking for a the benefits of a catholic education The hypocrisy coming out right now 
from uh, from Catholic. But now that I feel like this is making it awkward on our friend Rick. He doesn't like it when mom and dad fight. This is what it's called to be a disruptor in the middle of a radio interview right there. I felt like you guys invited it upon yourselves, Rick. Rick, uh, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed your lacrosse experience, buddy. We'll be talking soon. RockyTopInsider.com for all the latest on University of Tennessee athletics. Rick Butler does a fantastic job and a proud graduate of FAB or the Fan Run Academy of Broadcasting. Thank you, Rick. Thank you very much, guys. Enjoy your day. We'll talk soon. Rick Butler has left the building. He joins, as all Fan Run guests do, via the magic of the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Check out BigOrangePhillies.com to take a look at their delicious menu. You're looking forward to hey, hanging out at home or, you know, tomorrow night, Vols playing a late tip. Maybe get yourself a little Big Orange Phillies. Get your grub on. Great chance to patronize a fan-run sponsor. I would suggest, I love the Philly cheesesteak. I'm a big Philly cheesesteak guy. Philly chicken, uh, cheesesteak, chicken steak, whatever. Chicken steak? That actually sounds pretty good. Chicken tater fried tots. steak. Tater tots is the key, folks. Get the tots. You won't be disappointed. Slam that before the game and then watch the balls take down the Hawks tomorrow night in the home finale at Thompson Bowling Assembly Center and Arena. We got to take a quick break. You're listening to The Drive on Fan Run Radio. Back to wrap up hour number one of today's show right after this. Radio, the drive continues. Russ Bear, Marcus, back with you, wrapping up hour number one of the show. Uh, Rick Butler, Rocky Top Insider. Bear, what did you learn? Uh, learned that Key and Phillips, not or Key not at practice, Phillips limited in practice, which is still kind of a concern. So, Phillips more than Key for me. Do you think we beat Arkansas tomorrow night with the same group we had out there Saturday? If we can come out and string two games together of offensive consistency, I don't see why not. We'll shoot them out of the gym the way we play defense. It's going to be a tough one, though. They're really long and athletic. I mean, they're athletic as hell. Yeah, they're a good team. Much better than South Carolina. Going to be a challenge tomorrow night at Thompson Bowling. Callers are uh, piling up here, and we've got about three minutes before the the top of the hour as we went along with Rick there. So let's get to it, and Rex will bat leadoff today on the drive. Good afternoon, Rex. Hello, gentlemen. I just feel like I need to address the elephant in the room here and respond to TJ, the Kentucky fan, as uh, he may have been inebriated Saturday when he called in and talked about me when I wasn't present. And first, he said I angered him in words that I can't use here on terrestrial radio as Bear coached me in the green room not to do. And then he said something bad about kids. I do not have kids. I did have was coerced to go to a child's birthday party, which I did become inebriated and had to excuse myself to call a call-in show. But that's that's no reason for TJ, the Kentucky fan, to take a shot at me. Now, now hold on just a second, Rex. So – Saturday night during VR when we could hear the kids behind you clearly. You went to a kid's birthday party and got drunk? 
made a call-in show. I'm not saying mistakes were made. I'm just trying to clarify the room here and address it. They were not my children. Okay. They were the good children of Tennessee. And if TJ made a mistake and he was drunk, I'm willing to accept his apology, and we just move right along. Better than ever. But if not, and you would choose to have conflict, I'm going to tell him to don't drag my name in the dirt. Because I know he and Matt Jones and all those blue bellies are way more into drugs than we are down here. But Governor Lee may drag illegal in Tennessee. And so he needs to keep his dragon stuff or whatever he puts in his mouth out of his Keep my name out of it. Fair is yeah. right. And he's telling us for years to not let this guy and his smut get on our good radio waves. And Bear, you were right. And for you, I'm, I'm sorry that I didn't listen to you for the past years about TJ, the Kentucky fan. But today, I'm formally asking for a ban on the dangerous Kentucky misinformation to stop from TJ, the Kentucky fan. They're polluting our airways like their coal has polluted our good air. And the climate is changing, TJ, but it's not for you. Oh, you reckon your program up there is a dysfunction of pollution where all your coaches hate each other, yet our climate's getting better. So I'll wait. I'll listen, TJ, for your response. And I hope you don't court conflict. But if you do, I know there are good patriots on the waves, my Phils, my, my Jamies out here who would respond in unity. If it is conflict you want, it is conflict you'll have. Wow. Uh, so uh, controversy has spilled over from voluntary reaction onto the drive. Really not surprising that it hasn't happened. It has happened before, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Saturday's but, edition uh, was pretty uh, pretty turned up at, at points. Well. So TJ's got a big decision to make. He's either going to apologize or he's going to choose violence. You, you know what's funny here, though, is the um, – what, what do they call that when you hold two conflicting ideas in your head at the same time? Um, a day that ends in Y? <laughs> I believe it's cognitive dissonance. You think the bear is, is struggling right now because he essentially agreed with TJ, TJ's criticism of Rex. I thought it was, was a little over the top. Hold on. Was essentially taking up for Brandon Miller on voluntary reaction and then TJ came in and said essentially the same things that Bear had said. But Bear, not wanting to miss out on a chance to bash on TJ, the Kentucky fan, very conflicted right now. It's, it's, you can hear the wheels spinning in his fevered mind. We got to spin to a quick timeout. Stay with us. Hour number two of the drive coming up. More fan run radio on the way. <laughs> 